All right, it's Scott from the Protect Your Pad podcast, where we are working on part three of German cockroaches. We are finally down to the treatment for these roaches. Man, it's a lot of information we've probably thrown at you, um, but it all comes down to putting together a plan to move forward. So this is the part most technicians are most interested in. How do we eliminate them? At BOG, our most common treatment options are baiting, liquids with IGRs, uh, dust, and traps to monitor. We do on occasion use aerosols to flush out areas as well. Please be familiar in, uh, with the order that each should be applied. Dust first, liquid second, aerosols third, baits and traps last. Dust. Uh, our dust of choice is dry own. There are other dusts out there that you can use, but at BOG, we tend to lean towards dry own dust. Dust can only be used in inaccessible voids. So common inaccessible voids could be under the sink where the pipe goes into the ground. You know, there's that little kickboard area, um, wall voids, wall, you know, voids behind cabinet areas if, if they're closed off. Um, and basically you need to ask yourself, can somebody get to this and is it a void? <laughs> that, that's what you need to ask yourself with dust. If the answer is someone can get to it or someone can put their hand on it, it's not a place to dust. If it's a void and it's not going to, the, the dust as it spreads out, it's not going to spread out into the living area, then you know you're in a good part. If it's gonna spread out into the living area or spread out into a food area, then it's not a proper place to use the dust. Liquids, our liquid of choice is Airlon, um, and we mix that with Gentrol I, which is the um, insect growth regulator. Um, please refer to our charts that we've given to you into the books for the mixed rates of each of these materials. Liquids are often used on the floor level, um, though we can sometimes do cabinet treatments. A lot of times uh, people will move the refrigerator and treat on the floor underneath the refrigerator. They'll treat the baseboards around the kitchen or the kickboards down underneath the uh, cabinets. And you can use a cabinet treatment if they have prepped the cabinets and they understand that they have to uh, wash any areas down with soap and water after the treatment dries um, where things are going to be placed back down in these cabinets. Um, Always use an insect growth regulator when we're using our liquids for German cockroach control. Um, it is a valuable, valuable tool that will help uh, prevent future reproduction. And then Airlon, what we use is a water dispersing granule. Uh, treat it as, treat it like when you spray Airlon, I like to tell people kind of treat it like a powder in a way because that's kind of how it dries. You Everybody's seen how it dries into that like powder um, where it can stain, so be careful too with that. Um, but a nice light fan in certain areas or if you're getting in a crack and crevice, a crack and crevice application. Um, aerosols, we use PI mainly for flushing. There are other aerosols that can be used. Um, you have to ask yourself when flushing is this a good idea for our clients? I know this sounds a little strange, but if you start flushing a bunch of roaches and the client is terrified of seeing roaches, um, 
and you've just flushed them out and they're just running rampant all over the house and they're all fired up. I mean, you're going to kill the ones you come in contact with, but you know, you may want to just say, okay, well, this is, is the juice worth the squeeze on this or am I going to get a bunch of angry phone calls? So sometimes with flushing agents, you have to be careful, but sometimes it's absolutely necessary to get them out of an area to, to make sure they come in contact with um, your treatment. Baits. We use Advion cockroach gel primarily. It is a fantastic bait, let me tell you. Baits are most effective when you put them where the bugs are. So put them next to the roaches. You, sometimes you gotta get a little dirty. I know it's not the, not the most comforting thing that you have to kind of lay on the floor at times and try to get some bait up into these cabinets. Um, but if you really want to eliminate German cockroaches, if you put the bait next to where they're at, they are going to be more apt to take that bait. You know, if you put a hamburger on the, up, up in the kitchen and you put a hamburger in the living room down a, down a flight of steps, I'm probably going to choose the hamburger in the kitchen if I'm sitting in the kitchen. So, um, for bait, put them where they are. Um, it is a great way to not only kill the roach that eats the bait, um, but any other roach that decides they wants to cannibalize the dead roach to eat the bait, it'll kill them too. And also affect the droppings that the nymphs feed off of with the roaches as well. Syngenta gave us a great presentation on how many grams of bait they use per size of infestation. Um, it's a great guide. Unfortunately, we won't be able to set up our um, determining, you know, determining infestation quite like they did. But we can kind of use those general guidelines of how much to use, um, and including those wax paper bait tacos. Um, they really do work and putting getting them in these inaccessible areas hard to reach areas and areas that may have been uh, they may have been treating with some other chemical before you got there protects the bait from that and it keeps the bait nice and moist and when you can pull that bait out you can see how much was eaten and were you using too much too little and with baiting it does there is a little bit of a um i guess uh determining how much you put out you're, you're you're going to have to kind of get a little bit of experience with that but and ultimately if you're getting bait out where you're seeing the roaches at and you're coming back on your follow-up and they've either eaten eaten it all or not eaten any of it then you know if you're you know if you're a little bit heavier a little bit light and then use that information kind of you know, backlog that information in your head of how much these this this type of infestation ate, and then the next time you go out, you'll be able to kind of refine that a little bit more. Baits are for cracks and crevices, so make sure you're putting it in a crack or a crevice. Um, hinge baiting is sometimes sloppy looking, um, and same thing with like the caulking, like people use it as like a caulking and a, and a crack or something like that. I, I'm not the biggest fan of that. Um, sometimes all you can do is beta hinge. Um, but try, try to think that like, if it was your house, where would you want these baits? And if it takes a few more minutes, it takes a few more minutes. But if you're, if you've got to get something there and the hinge is there or something like that, you, you, you may do that. But, um, 
you know, you try not to make the big old caulking strips and, and carry that wax paper with you because sometimes that's, that's the solution. Um, a great non-chemical way for an instant knockdown is a vacuum with a HEPA filter. We don't do many of what they call cleanouts for roaches, so we don't quite break the vacuum out um, very often. Um, but if you needed roaches gone right now and you needed to decrease that population immediately, vacuuming, vacuuming them up is one of the quickest ways to knock a population down extraordinarily fast. So now that I've outlined kind of the methods we use, you as the technician who is on the scene there has to decide what to use. I like to preach, take what the house gives you. Are there a lot of inaccessible voids? Maybe go with more dust. Are there a lot of cracks and crevices? Maybe you're going with more bait. Are the clients really great with preparations and instructions? and cleared out the cabinets for you and, and, and are very in tune with their home, maybe you can use, you know, the liquid uh, cabinet treatment at that time. Um, you know, maybe there are pockets you can't get to and then you'd have to, you know, you have to use a lot more flushing techniques. Like they're behind a wall somewhere or behind some wallpaper or something like that to where they're in somewhere that you need to use flush flushing techniques. You may have to use those. So you really have to look and say, what can I use here and what makes sense to use here? And the key is to apply the product correctly and according to the label and to have a plan. Ask if they have kids or pets. Ask if who's living there, if it's vacant um, and if there's any concerns um, that they have. So sometimes you're going to have to modify the most optimal thing because you're dealing with a client who does not want you to use a certain thing or something that you're using is bothering them. Or you just say, well, I, I don't feel comfortable putting this out here with the pets around. So you're going to have to take all these things into account and then make a plan going forward. So, you know, you, you come into a situation, for example, and you're like, okay, well, I got the, the kitchens. The kitchen is full of roaches. You know, you're going to systematically bait all the cabinets. Maybe you decided that there's enough cracks and crevices that that's what you're going to do. And then you're saying, well, I want to move the refrigerator as long as it's on wheels, of course, and as long as it can be done safely without breaking anything. And I'm going to treat behind the refrigerator. You know, you may use that. Maybe you use the bait tacos um, in the sides of the, uh, the dish. There's a little bit of spot besides the dishwasher. You can get some of those bait tacos back there. Um, where it's not in, but it's on the sides. Um, maybe you take the drawer out underneath the oven and get liquid underneath the oven. Um, there's a there's a lot, a lot of different uh, things you can do, like pull up the little ring around the plumbing and get some dust underneath that void, underneath the sink, underneath that kickboard. So basically, as you're looking at this, you're like, what can I get and where? And then you're going to have, at this point in time, you're going to set up your monitoring after you've done your treatment. So you've done your treatment, you've done it in the order, you've, you've taken the time to go through, take your time, put the juice where the bugs are, and now you want to see how you're doing and where these things are coming from. Now, if you're in a super, super heavy infestation, 
if you're going to put, I wouldn't go crazy with putting out a bunch of glue boards because we know they're there <laughs> and we know that those glue boards are going to be packed the next time you're through. You can still put a few out if you'd like, but really at that point, they're just, you're going to be just pulling out full glue boards. I mean, maybe you want to show it to the person that like, Hey, look at all these ones. As that population decreases though, you're going to want to place these glue boards around, around the infested area to see a where, what direction are they coming from? What direction are they getting caught in? That may point you to where they're at and B are my numbers decreasing. So, you know, and then once you get all the glue boards clean, it doesn't look like there's any more, um, activity. You can say, Hey, we're good to go. Um, now, pheromone traps are another thing that I'll use when I'm close to the end of an infestation. Um, usually in the beginning, they'll overrun those tiny traps, but you can put those pheromone traps out there and they will attract the roaches to them. So if you're wondering, do I have them all? That's probably a very good time to use those. So try to use all the tools and set up these monitoring, monitoring uh, systems to where you can kind of look around the entire thing and say, okay, you know, how am I doing? Is what I'm doing working? And at what pace is it working at? And this leads us to the last section, and that is communication. So we really need to communicate to our clients to make sure that they know what we're doing and that they know what to expect. Um, sanitation, there's a sheet in your um, notebooks that you got when you were hired about German roach sanitation that feel free to make copies and give to them. It's basically just going through cleaning up the excess water, making sure that there's no access to food, making sure they've gone through each cabinet, uh, closed up open containers and really took the time to scrub down some of the grease and grime that has built up over time. This is a big key to getting, German cockroach infestations under control because if uh, the place has available food like grease and grime and crumbs, they're less likely to go to the baits. So communicating that will help out your treatment and, and let them know that success of this sometimes will rely on how much they comply. I've, I've had um, instances where I've been back and forth with a client where I'm saying, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. They finally did it. And then after the next treatment, it was gone and it took a little bit, but they understood after that, but you have to be able to try to put it in a way to where they need to know that they have a little bit of a job to do because if they don't, it's just going to prolong this. So you really got to develop that partnership and that's where communication comes in. Um, also, have when you're doing these treatments, have the um, the clients or whoever's in the home be out of the treatment area until it's dry. Of course, that's for safety concerns. And then also, as you're making these things run all over the place by doing treatment, you don't want to have someone screaming in your ear. So um, have them e either sit sit in a completely other room, another level, what have you. Um, if they need to walk the dog or something, a lot of times clients will go out and take your dog on a walk. Um, you just don't want them right next to, next to you while you're, you know, puffing dusts and using aerosols because this is one of the more involved treatments that we do. Um, so 
you know, communicate with them that let the client know about how the process is doing. Uh, they want to know the second time you come out, how does it look versus the first time? Um, sometimes you're not going to be the same tech as the first time. Um, in an ideal world, the same tech would do the same property all the time. It's just unfortunate. Um, with, with the amount of work that we have, it's not feasible to do that all the time, but this is where you take good notes. Um, if it's the first time through, usually the client will let you know, like, okay, this is how it looked last time. But then if, when you do your follow-up notes, say, Hey, I found this many, you don't have to count every single one of them, but like, you know, the glue boards were half full or a quarter full, give us some indication of what's going on. And then, um, also there, you may be dealing with tenants who are renting and the owners are actually paying for these treatments and they're not going to be on site. So they want to know how these treatments are going because they're very concerned because their tenants have said, Hey, I have these, uh, have these things going on. So you, you may have to, you may have to <laughs> really, really go into detail about things that were going on sanitation issues and things like that with the homeowner uh the homeowner and then in in actual in, write, in written form because they're not going to be there so be honest with them you know try not to throw people under the bus but just whatever you need to get done and however it's looking just make sure you're writing that down in detail um if something's gone awry and and it you feel like there might be some kind of resistance or something like that. Maybe you suggest a follow-up visit with a short follow-up and just say, Hey, you know, bring a senior tech on board. Um, if you're dealing with what you believe may be spillover from other apartments, I went over this in the section before it might be a good idea to have, um, the tenants talk to their neighbors or if there's a property, so management, um, association there have them send out an email and ask is anybody having problems with this because pest control is treating in one apartment and we want to make sure everybody's getting their apartment treated and a lot of times you can pick up extra work extra work that way so communication um is very very imperative to the process and also um letting letting them know if they stop their treatments early and there are still roaches that are alive in walking around and reproducing they're going to be even though it's better they're going to be right back in that same spot in a couple months so seeing this to elimination is very very important also communicate with the client not to use their own products um, a lot of the over-counter products are pyrethroids and can sometimes have a almost like a pushing i i guess it, it's almost like the the repellent nature of it sometimes will push them um into different places or away from that pyrethroid um really really it's if they've contracted us just let them know like hey i have these things out here for a reason and there's a system that i'm using um to do this and if you are going to spray, you know, whether it be raid or something like that on it, it may be detrimental to the treatment. Or if you use different baits or something like that, that's not that effective or, or what have you, something used in an improper manner, 
manner, it could um, actually be very detrimental to the treatment. If you see that that's happening, you want to notate it, talk to them about it. If they refuse to stop doing it, we may have to stop treatment because it, it, they, if they're using a bait or a product improperly and they say the dog is sick or something like that and it was their stuff, but they're going to claim it's yours um, because they think that we have sometimes different chemicals than what's available out there, um, which isn't always the case. So make sure you're constantly communicating, writing these notes and um, following up properly. I know this was a ton of information and I, I know that uh, you're going to get a lot more guidance um, when you're with your team lead or with your senior techs, when they're out there showing you how to do this. But once again, this is just something that we wanted to put out there to where you could put this on on the way to a call that you're having a little bit later in the day. That way you can know what your approach needs to be. And if there's something that you think that you might have forgotten, maybe this is a little bit of a reminder. So thank you guys for listening. Um, hopefully it helped you guys out and uh, give us a shout and let us know how we're doing. Thanks.